the world is full of wonders. Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. Hello, adventurers. Welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. Thanks for joining us as we play more of our Monster of the Week campaign. Woohoo! <laughs> Before we begin, let's check in with our heroes. Now you would think that as a member of a group called The Whispered, I wouldn't get freaked out by a tiny whisper ASMR voice. And yet, here we are. I'm Hugo Rashad. Well, I'm sure glad the only territory war we have to worry about right now is the one between the Agropelter, Splinter Cat, and whatever the fuck was talking to Hugo. I'm so glad there are no other immediate political threats for me to worry about. I'm Agent Whitaker, and hey, where did Damien go? <laughs> Masterful. So good. So good. You guys are coming in hot with these intros after our break. Yeah, because we actually <laughs> thought about them. This is what happened. <laughs> Does anyone know if kind of begging slash guilting someone to share a tent with you and then falling asleep listening to music, does that count as a date? Asking for a friend. I'm Raven Eugenia. Aww. Oh, honey. Oh, baby. Poor sweet gay baby. Leroy Jenkins! <laughs> oh, no. Fuck you. I am Demon Lord Damien Angelo Edgecrest. I'm safe in the Feywild, and I'm here with my girlfriend! Nothing could possibly go wrong. Everything is totally fine. I'm Felicity Starnbrook. I'm not worried about Felicity at all. I mean, she's literally in a pocket of paradise with her girlfriend, who is a folk and pathologically obsessed with her. Okay, I might be a little bit of worried about Felicity. I'm Aiden Brightwood. Let's have an adventure. And for our listeners, the recap might be a little long, but it's been a while since we recorded, so I'm going to get into it so everybody remembers where we left off. Last time, our heroes found themselves traveling to Glacier National Park in Montana, having been sent there by Prithi Devon, their friend and agent on the inside at Eastie Agency HQ, thus helping the hunters continue the ruse that they are pursuing Damien Edgecrest, newly arisen demon lord. When they arrived, they learned from Ranger Captain Morton Mulhauser that the missing persons case they were ostensibly there to investigate involved none other than Raven's brother, Lark Eugenia, who is also a park ranger, and his partner, Jay. The group set out to search with Morton, but broke up into two groups. Whitaker and Hugo came face to face with a dangerous feline spirit. What they would later learn is a splinter cat. The rest of the group, thanks to Felicity's uncanny ability to be in the right place at the right time, were able to locate and reunite Raven with her brother and discover that Jay, while he is Lark's boyfriend, is also a powerful forest dragon. As Whitaker and Hugo tried to escape the Splinter Cat, Felicity's magic alerted her to her friend's predicament, and everyone rushed to attempt a rescue. 
Aiden managed to snatch Whitaker out with her teleport ability just before the Splinter Cat made him its next meal. Once the group was gathered, Lark and Jay convince Morton that despite being quote-unquote lost in the park for several days, they are close to solving the issue of the unusual tree damage and needed more time. Morton gave you all some emergency supplies and tents from his truck and left, and you were left to set up camp, catch each other up, and discuss your next moves. You found out that Lark has been tracking an aggro pelter, a supernatural creature that, until you told him about the splinter cat, he and Jay had believed was the culprit behind all the damaged trees, which are endangering tourists and campers when they fall suddenly and without warning. Once your campsite was set up, Felicity called on Mira to join her for a camping date. Mira revealed that Jay is actually considered akin to royalty among the folk, and then feeling a little on the spot, she and Felicity went to take a walk. Felicity ate one of Granny Jones's magical cookies and is now able to breathe fire for a short period of time. That's right. <laughs> they also experienced a familiar sensation like being watched, but always from behind, no matter how they might orient themselves. Something Felicity had already experienced in her vision that partly prompted the group's visit to Glacier Park in the first place. Raven and Lark were able to catch each other up on the magical nature of their lives, a strange but oddly fun form of sibling bonding. Whitaker and Jay spoke at length about the folk and their royal courts, and poor Damien realized that Jay refuses to acknowledge his existence, indicating some sort of tension between the folk and entities from the place apart. At the end of the night, Mira took Felicity with her into one of the Havens, a fragment of the Garden of Paradise that was shattered in the Celestial War at the dawn of history. Aiden caught a glimpse of this and was basically sent into a state of shock. It seems she had no idea that any part of her original home had survived the war, much less that it could be accessed in this way. Raven did her best to comfort our emotionally distressed angel, and the two of them spent some time listening to her music, which we found out is actually a coping mechanism that helps her remember the beauty of the world before it's breaking. As Hugo attempted to get some rest, he was visited by Dr. Kabe, though he declined any sort of story exchange. And not long afterwards, he had a particularly creepy, but potentially informative conversation with a whispering voice that called to him from the woods. After that, sleep seemed like the last thing anyone would want to do in these woods, so Hugo sat awake by the fire, keeping silent watch over his companions. And that is where we will pick up the following morning. What would you like to do, hunters? I know what I would like to do. I fucking, I fucking knew Damien was gonna go first. I mean, I can't go first. I can go by second. the nature of what we all know Damien wants to do. He must go not first. So I guess we'll pick up with Felicity and Mira in the Haven. Felicity, you wake up. The sun comes dappled through the leaves of the most perfect tree you've ever seen. The sunlight tickles your face and wakes you up just as a butterfly lands on your forehead and then alights into the air, followed by a school of dragonflies and other beautiful gossamer rainbow-colored insects. You see a baby fox that scampers through the tall grass and goes to play with a small skunk, and then the two of them run off best friends forever. Oh, I love them! <laughs> 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 Can I go take them home? <laughs> Your two spirit companions, Ghosty and Tom, do a big stretch as they also wake up as the sunbeam rouses all of you. And Mira, who has her back against the tree with her hands folded in her lap, her deer ear twitches a little bit. 
And she cracks one eye open and smiles when she sees that you are waking up. Good morning, my dear. Good morning. I just saw probably the cutest thing that I have ever seen in my entire life. There was this fox baby and a skunk and other best friends. And I just want to take them home and love them forever. Wow. I think perhaps I have just seen the cutest thing I've ever seen. She cups <laughs> your face in her hands. Did you sleep well? This has been the greatest sleep that I have gotten in a very long time. I'm so glad. Well, we should probably get back. It seemed like you were in the middle of something with your friends. Oh yeah, it's very important. We should definitely get back. All right. And she will stand up and begin to play on her flute. And you see the Aurora Borealis-like edge of this haven, uh, which indicates that that's the limit of how far this little pocket of it can go. Mm -hmm. begins to retreat backwards, passing trees and closing in around you, and eventually it is just surrounding you and the base of this tree, and then a golden line of light appears at waist level and then drops and raises to create a doorway out back into normal space and the earth that you are familiar with. All right, before I leave, I'm going to turn around and say, All right, goodbye, babies! I'll be back! <laughs> Don't worry! <laughs> I'll step out the door. Your departure is serenaded by the song of several birds <laughs> as you step out of the haven. All right, Damien. Fuck. You've been in a sprinter's pose, waiting at the point where you saw Felicity and Mira vanish. What would you like to do? As soon as that portal opens... Damien is going to run up to it and then turn into a frog and then jump through so that when he's on the other side, he's not any sort of antagonistic looking being. He just looks like a frog. Okay. But he'll stay human sized to like get to the portal if it's not at the exact same spot. Right, right, right. Okay. Funny roll to act under pressure for me. <laughs> This doesn't bode well for you. I'm just. <laughs> oh wait, you know what? I think even with the no, that's that's a failure. How bad of a failure? Five. Okay. So Hugo could help me. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. No, I'll I'll say this, Damien. I rolled a couple things before I had you roll, and the fact that you failed is actually going to be a lot better for you. I don't want what's good for me. I want to burn a luck point to get through this portal. I'm not going to, but... Well, Mira only rolled a 7 to notice that you might be coming. Jay rolled a 10+. plus, So it is a very good thing that your attempt to get through this portal is going to be thwarted by the fawn who is dating your friend and not the guardian of the forest who clearly doesn't like you. <laughs> so... You turn into a frog. It's sort of a run, run, and then like a running dash leap. And in the air, you shrink into a little frog form. And as Felicity is like, let's go, and steps out of the portal, Mira catches you in one hand, gives you like a not gentle squeeze, winds up and just pitches you into the forest like a baseball. And so you are not consumed 
by Jay the Forest Dragon, <laughs> who was stepping out of the tent and was about to glow golden and just chomp on you with his mouth. <laughs> so yeah, as a frog, you go whizzing through the trees and underbrush and probably bounce a few times before you hit a stopping point against a rock. Mira looks to you, Felicity, wipes her hand on some bark of a nearby tree and says, Ugh, well that could have been very unpleasant. Well, I think I should go back and see what Granny is making for breakfast. I'll see you soon. Okay, goodbye, I love you. I adore you, Felicity Starnbrook, and she kisses your cheek and vanishes in a... All right, everyone else who is at the campsite, you are free to rise and begin discussing what your next moves are going to be. Whitaker slowly wakes up and he's like, my God, I feel like something really stressful just sort of disappeared from my mind for a second there. Like, <laughs> like I felt like something really bad was about to happen and then it didn't. That's crazy. Do you feel that too, Hugo? Where the fuck is Hugo? <laughs> yeah, you're in the tent alone. Hugo is currently sitting by the fire, <laughs> nodding his head kind of sleeping while sitting up. Oh god, just that heavy head drop every now and then. Mm -hmm. Lark comes out of this, his tent with uh, Jay and is like buttoning up his ranger uniform. He has like a really bad case of bedhead hair. It's just like everywhere. <laughs> and uh, But it looks he, good on him regardless for some reason. Yeah, it's just like, oh, did he like mean to do that? Or is he just like blessed with perfect disheveled hair? All right, so... um. What's the plan for today? We're going to hunt for the splinter cat, chat with aggro, pelter, whatever that thing was, um, all of the above? Probably all of the above, I would think. It sort of depends what we're able to track. Like I said, I do have a friend who was keeping an eye on the aggro pelter for us, so if we can get in contact with her, we might be able to get to that a little quicker than trying to find a whole new spirit. And you see, he, he has the look on his face of someone who... If they worked in an office and had just finished a piece of paperwork and set it on a huge stack, someone else just came and dumped another huge pile on his desk because he thought he only had one creature to deal with. And it turns out now there are at least two that he knows of. Because Hugo, you haven't told anyone about your talk with the whispering voice yet. Just about to. Okay, cool. Well, you're in luck. You got six more hands to help you out with this, so we can cover a lot more ground that way. Uh... Hugo, did I kick you in my sleep? I'm so sorry if I did. I, I didn't realize uh, everything okay. See, I thought your right hook was good, but ow. I'm so sorry. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm tired. I'm fine. Also, math. Six more people, yes. One more spirit. So that kind of detracts from the number slightly. But on the plus side, I don't think we have to hunt this one down. What do you mean? Some really, really sketchy, quiet voice was talking to me last night, and essentially it just wants our help, and I think we're already on the right path to helping, so it should be fine. What did it ask for help for? <sighs> I don't remember if it was the Agropelter or if it was the Splinter Cat. I want to say it was the Splinter Cat. It has just been making a mess of the area and various sleeping stuff for them, and just making it really loud, and it... it I don't remember all of it. Tired. It was in the middle of the night, and then you stayed up all night. The important point is that you tell Lark that there is a third spirit now, somehow involved in this kerfuffle. And he turns to Jay and says, What do you think? Whispering voice? Does it sound like anything we've ever looked into before? Jay scratches his chin. He says, 
There are lots of spirits in the forest which can talk, and whether one whispers at you or not, a call for help is a call for help, and it is my job and yours to see that we do something about it. And Lark puts a hand on Jay's shoulder and says, one step at a time. I'm gonna make breakfast. And he takes out some things from a little cooler that he had packed and raids some of the emergency food supplies that Morton gave to you and cooks y'all up a little meal. That's very kind. Yeah. Jay walks off into the forest and comes back later with a handful of some kind of grass with these little seeds on the end of it and just is like plucking them delicately and eating them. It's very like elven in the way he's you know feeding himself. Does anyone know where Damien is? Does anyone ever know where the fuck Damien is? Damien, are you crawling back to camp or? <laughs> Let me see if I can call him like Mira. Damien, <laughs> I would like you here now, please. You hear a steady rustling through the brushes as a disheveled man covered in twigs <laughs> approaches. And there's not a path, so it, it's a lot of brush and everything. Did I know that it was Damien that got bamped back? Absolutely or? not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you completely missed that. She Like, you were stepping out and Mira was just like, one second. <laughs> Pitched him away before you could see what she was up to. Okay. And I thought I slept rough. Damien, make yourself presentable. There's royalty about. Oh, I'm sorry, your humbleness. I mean, your highness. <laughs> and... Damien will curtsy, and as he does, all of the sticks and brush will shake out and scatter <laughs> about the ground around him. Jay gives you a, a polite nod, Whitaker, when you mention royalty being about, but he does not pay any attention to Damien. You're right, Agent Whitaker. It's always good that I should acknowledge my vassals. He's doing a great job in charge of this part of Earth, and I... Need him to keep this part of my plane safe. You're disgusting. <laughs> Raven, we didn't get your wake-up scene yet. Everyone at this point has joined Lark and Jay. Lark is making you guys a simple breakfast hash, and the plan is to seek out one of these spirits and try and solve the problem once you guys have eaten. Hugo let you know about the voice that he heard last night, so everyone is informed about the three potential spirits that you might encounter on your day's adventure. But I think what actually wakes you up, Raven, is a feeling of little paws pressing on your collarbone. And Windy is just like sitting on your chest. Its little ears will like brushed across your face and occasionally it'll like look out to the side and look over. And then when you actually do wake up, it then like starts like moving around on your chest and stomach and eventually like hops off and just curls into a ball next to you. I love Wendy so much. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like Raven slept in a little bit, so everyone started gathering. Oh, yeah. After, you and Aiden haven't come out of the tent yet. It's okay. Just... Yeah. When uh, when Raven smells food and feels Wendy doing the little, mm -hmm. like, tap, 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 wake up thing, that's when she'll wake up. Breakfast? I smell breakfast. And then just kind of get out of the tent and join <laughs> everyone else. Mm -hmm. Get updated on all the stuff. She'd have just like a big plate of food and like a mouthful of food. Like, all right, so where do we start? Who's going where today? Yeah. And just uh, trying to like catch up and you, finish you eating like, so she's ready to go. Yeah, you in your pajamas and probably some like camping flip-flops like come over and Lark is already plating the food for everybody. He sees you coming and just like hands you a plate. Some things don't change, huh? 
she doesn't acknowledge that comment. She just takes food. It's like, mm, smells good. And goes and sits down. Just like, <laughs> if we're not talking about that. Aiden, once you leave, actually like gets walking around in the forest clothes on and comes out fully dressed, ready to go. Doesn't take any breakfast because she knows you guys only have a little bit of food <laughs> for the next like however many days you're out here. So she's like, I'm good. Thanks. Lark looks to you, Whitaker. You had said more hands. Did you mean we should split up or what were you thinking? I was wondering if that might be a good move considering how many things we're dealing with right now. The agropelter. What's sort of the aggression level of the agropelter? Like, is that something that can be talked to or is that something we're going to have to be martially prepared for? Bit of both? They can talk. They're intelligent spirits. But this one is particularly riled up and angry. If we can talk it down or approach it in a moment when it's tired and doesn't want to engage, then we have a better chance. If we somehow piss it off or make it worse, then we are going to want to get out of there quickly because it will turn that area into a hurricane of wood and splinters. All right. My thought was, especially for something like that, if we're worried about making it angry, my first instinct would not be to send a large party after it because it might be threatened by that. Whereas sending only a couple of people, especially some of us who have experience talking to spirits and that sort of thing, might be a better bet. Especially if we send someone like Aiden along with them who can magic them out of there if need be, in case things do get bad. I could also try to calm them down a little bit. That's right, that is something you can do. I totally forgot about that. You see Jay eyes Aiden closely for the first time and raises like an eyebrow and then just quietly keeps munching on his seeds and flower buds. <laughs> <laughs> so if we send a small party after the aggro pelter to try and um, either talk it down or just get it more up to date on what the actual situation is, I'm thinking of a plan to maybe trap the splinter cat somehow, set up a trap like a snare or a net or something big enough and strong enough to contain it so we can immobilize it and remove it from the location. Uh, we send one party after the Agropelter, one party to do that, and maybe we get a lot done in one day. Well, I know these woods, but I can tell you've had way more experience than me at dealing with supernatural stuff, so I'm, I'm happy to let you take charge here, Mr. Whitaker. So, who wants to be with what party then? I, personally, am not good at talking to spirits. I know my weaknesses and my limitations. And I would like another go at the Splinter Cat, to be perfectly honest. Raven, would you know off the top of your head, what's the biggest thing in that deck of yours? And could you reliably pull it? I am not at a point where I can pick what comes out. Natalie, would I have an idea? Or do is it just based on what I have pulled so far? Because I don't think I would really know anything that I haven't gotten yet. She doesn't really look yeah. at them other than pulling them. We haven't ever really established that Raven flips through the deck at all, ever. And I'm okay with that being a choice that you're having her make as like a fledgling magic student that like, I don't want to like cheat at magic. Oh yeah, her, she know? has like, not looked at yeah. them other than maybe the first cursory glance when she got them. And since mm -hmm. she learned how to use them, she has not looked at them. So Raven has just been pulling them randomly, not sorting through or like stacking the deck in any way or anything like that. This baffles Whitaker. Why wouldn't you cheat at magic? <laughs> 
She's too terrified of it. <laughs> you have no idea what the biggest thing could be. The biggest showiest card you've ever pulled was the Storm Spirit back in Portland. But since then, you've learned that some cards let you transform into like more battle capable forms. And other times you summon a literal manifestation of the spirit, like the uh, the otter spirit that helped you with the Willowtuck monster. And it's not it's not up to Raven which version she gets, right? It's kind of dependent on the situation and what the cards want to do. It's, yeah, it's dependent entirely on the spirit that you contact with the, the drawing and the magic of it. So like... If some cards like the bee are like all about giving you special honeybee armor, then that's maybe their thing. But another card like the otter spirit, she might want to come out herself and quote unquote play by helping you. So yeah, it's it's all a little chaotic and random at the moment uh, because again, Raven doesn't practice. She just has been on the fly trying to make it work. So yeah. I forgot that we made it an advanced move that on a 10 plus she can pick one that she's already summoned, but I don't think I've taken that. Yeah, that was a down the line thing. You haven't upgraded your tarot magic at all since you got it. Okay. It's pretty much random. The biggest I've seen was that storm spirit. I have no guarantee I could get it again. I could have bigger stuff. All right. I can try talking to spirits. I think that's between Felicity or I would probably, if, if it's going to be Aiden and one other person, it should probably be one of us. I can talk to spirits. Maybe uh, Felicity and Aiden can talk to the spirits, see if you can calm them down a little bit. Mm -hmm. We definitely don't want to put all of our spirit-friendly folks in one team. You guys might want someone who could calm down the Splinter Cat, right? Plan A is to calm down the aggro pelter, talk to him get him updated on the situation. Hopefully he'll stop destroying things. Plan B is get out quickly before anyone gets hurt. And I do like the idea of our teleporter on that team. Mm -hmm. Let me counter that for a moment. Whitaker and Hugo have already encountered the Splinter Cat and didn't seem very keen on talking. Seems like it was just ready to attack. If we're sending just a small group to go and fight this thing, wouldn't you want to try to teleport them out of there in case any of them get too hurt? We could send a larger group to go deal with the Splinter Cat. I mean, not all of us is still a fairly small group. To be fair, I have an intent this time, so... Yeah, and I could join and hopefully provide some assistance too. And now we're better prepared knowing what we're up against instead of just Whitaker and Hugo kind of stumbling on it by accident and not really knowing what they were dealing with. Be aware, don't grab it by the legs. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Damien. I'm hungry, I could eat. I haven't had Splinter Cat before. Jesus Christ. Damien, please. Lark sets his plate down. I want to be clear, we're not trying to kill any of these spirits. We are looking for peaceful resolution here. But that being said, we can stay in contact. I mean, Morton brought us the new radios, so as long as each group has one that works, we're okay if we need to send a quick rescue. Do you happen to have a channel that isn't used often? Yeah, we don't want any conversation about this flying out too far. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, we, we'll set it to one that I know the service doesn't use. Good. We're not very good about being... um Subtle. Yeah. He looks over at Jay, who is taking a branch of berries and just like <laughs> dragging it through his teeth to like strip it of the leaves and berries. 
and he says, I know how that feels. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're also very bad with code words and any kind of code. We're just going to be yelling into the radios about the spirits we're fighting or not fighting. So <laughs> we don't want any random people with their walkie talkies picking up on that. We're already further out into the trails than most casual tourists and hikers go. So I'm not worried about anything like that. So we do need to decide are we splitting up and who wants to be team wildcats and who wants to be team i couldn't think of a funny thing to say about the aggro pelt i don't know enough about it well it's kind of a big tree monkey team tree monkeys yeah team <laughs> tree monkeys i would like to be team tree monkey that feels fitting so i'll also go do that yes sounds good does anyone else want to be a part of that negotiation raven i still think you might be good out there, but I'm not sure. I agree with what you said earlier. I think the, s the smaller numbers, the better when approaching something that might feel threatened. Yeah. I think three might be too many, whereas two isn't as bad. Well, if it's two, that leaves six of us going after the splinter cat. That's pretty unbalanced. I have been chasing this thing for better part of a week now. I, I think I'll go talk to the aggro pelter. I'll let you professionals handle the more ferocious predator. That sounds good. Jarendrakia Nuatharis, who are you going with? I will not be leaving my beloved side. Reasonable. Wholesome. He says that he pulls like a thorn out of his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> flicks it into the fire. Ugh, vegans. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. <laughs> Oh, man. Raven absolutely knew some vegans in college. <laughs> yeah, and her name was Bethany. <laughs> but only for like two weeks and then she gave up. Let's be real. <laughs> so I feel like whatever idea I suggest is going to be immediately shot down. So why don't you just tell me where you want me and I'll go join that group. Okay, but now, now I want to know what your plan is. Mm -hmm. I also would like to hear Damien's plan. Yeah, let's put in the illusion of democracy and let's hear Damien's plan. Ugh, democracy. Jay <laughs> scoffs <laughs> under his breath. Jeez, Jay is not allowed to talk to me directly, <laughs> by the way. I want that to be clear. Jesus Christ. Does Damien say that aloud? <laughs> yes. Amazing. To Jay, who has already not been talking to him. <laughs> Just kind of grumbles into whoever's next to him. Mm -hmm. Damien, if you please. No, I mean, either, either group I can help out with odds and ends. Otherwise, if you wanted aerial support, I can fly around, relay messages. Sort of like a fun telephone game. We have walkie-talkies. Or whichever group would like to have a, an aerial support. I would actually like you with us on the Splinter Cat, Damien, if you don't mind. I feel like your versatility... You'd cover more ground if you had a flyer. And also, Damien, you're pretty good at taking some hits, so once a fight breaks out, if it does, you're not a bad shield. Yeah. Um, if I'm not allowed to fight back, I'm not going to fight the thing. I'm just going to get out of there and leave you guys to deal with it. Lark pipes up. He's like, absolutely defend yourself. Just don't kill it. Yeah, please. <sighs> It's a difficult game. I feel like it's not, but okay. Can you transform into a big, slimy green net 
Heckin' uh, barrier, I guess. All right, we might need that. Damien, actually, um, are you gonna be cooperative with us on this mission or not? I know we've been a little rough on you, but I do actually need you to be cooperative with us on this mission. I'm, I'm gonna be sassy, but I will follow instructions. There is nothing alternatively tempting for me to get into right now. Oh, you seem very bitter this morning, and I just wanna make sure that's not gonna follow us into professional work right now. I don't think I've ever seen you acting disappointed before. It's like you didn't get a thing for the first time in your life. <laughs> and you're just not used to not getting a thing, which checks out. Yep. Yeah, first it was the rocket launcher, which I will never forget and never forgive. And now there'll be more chances. I'm sorry, there was a rocket launcher? On the boat. That's right. I must have been throwing up too much. Yeah, I think you, you missed that one, Hugo. That was one of our talking points for why they like shouldn't be allowed out on the water. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Damien wanted it, and then the ship went down, and I guess the rocket launcher went down with its ship, so... Damien, I have some things to teach you later. Well, I hope they're explosive things. And yeah, Lonnie, I will be professional, and I will follow instructions. If there's anything shiny or distracting, I'd let you know, but this is just gonna be a bunch of trees, so... Damien's the only one in this group who's ever really called Whitaker Lonnie on a regular basis, and I don't like it. <laughs> Watching your face after he said that was really great. It's too familiar. It's like, ew, no. You don't get to call me Lonnie. <laughs> only my mom calls me Lonnie. I'm ready to go. So, allons-y. Let's go take on this splinter cat. Uh, Raven will change out of her pajamas real quick just you oh you guys brought pajamas i thought we were just emergency camping out here oh yeah that's right we we said uh earlier when she came out of her tent that she was in pajamas but no i guess she is just in clothes i mean you could have packed a change of clothes she's changed into different clothes okay okay cool 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 so hugo you're going after splinter cat yep all right he is after all a containment specialist that's true he has a lot of experience hunting down dangerous supernatural things. So that's a pretty even split, actually. It'll be four and four. <laughs> It'll be Maddie and three of me and <laughs> then the rest of you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. I can do it. Weird how teams work. Teams. <laughs> so you guys are going to need to investigate a mystery? We got our map. I mean, aside from exploring and going through trails, which we don't really have to role play, unless there are conversations people want to have as you are searching, we can do that. But to actually start to like find and unravel this mystery. Am I also rolling for team uh, Agropelter or? Well, I know you probably want to do something else. Uh, yes. <laughs> so. so we'll let them have their thing first and then I'll, I'll come in and be game changing. Mm hmm. Perfect. Uh, so any in the forest walk conversations that team Splintercat wants to talk about or? Um, I have a conversation I'd like to have. Are we saving our roles till after or should we? Let's do them after because we'll get like it will say that a couple hours pass after you guys leave the camp. Are you going to leave the tents set up and come back here at the end of the day or probably good to have a base camp, right? Yeah. Right. 
it's like if we don't end up coming back here, the worst that happens is we accidentally leave some tents set up in the woods, you know? Yeah, we'll come back and get them. Okay, so you guys leave your camp ready to go. You bring whatever you think you might need in case you get stuck somewhere. And split up. Lark gives you a hug, Raven. Be safe and uh, keep an eye on everybody for me. You too. See you tonight. He turns and goes with his group. And the four of you set off in search of the Splinter Cat. And we'll say, like, like right before noon lunchtime, uh, someone will actually have you roll the, like, investigation rolls. But anything you want to role play until that point, let's have it out now. Raven wants to not pull Hugo aside, but when they're, like, walking around, if she sees him, like, hanging back or going ahead, she's going to try and walk next to him and try and have a conversation with him. Hey, it's been a while. Just wanted to check in. It, it's been, like, an hour? I mean, since you and I have, like, talked. I just want to, you know, make sure you're good. Oh, yeah. Um, other than my legs hurting, I'm good. Cool. There was something I wanted to ask you. Uh, when we were talking last night about the little adventure we had at Bethany's house, and you said you didn't remember, I, I could tell that you were lying about remembering it, and you don't have to tell me. Like, it's, I don't want to pry, but if you ever wanted to talk about that, you can come to me. I just, I don't want to dig into your private business. I just wanted you to know that, that I noticed and that it's, it's okay. Noted. And he gives you a really long look and then just keeps walking. She's not going to pry. If, if Hugo's done talking, she'll just keep walking next to him for a while. We call that a Hugo hug. <laughs> I will take it. <laughs> That's pretty much exactly how I expected that conversation to go, and so I'm happy. You have earned three Hugo Bucks. Congratulations. <laughs> you only need 10,000 Hugo Bucks to move up to a friendship level. And even then, it's a random pull. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could accidentally go down from friend to acquaintance. So, Damien, having been a bird, would it be flying above and having there not be too much mischief going on, would have eavesdropped on such conversation. And as Damien was with Hugo during the initial story exchange... That's right. When Raven is either ahead of the group or behind the group, a... Raven with sort of a slight green tinge with the iridescence. Yeah, it's weird. The only color with the iridescence in its feathers is green. There's none of the other colors that you normally see in Raven feathers. So Raven. Wait, I'm sorry. I, does Damien stay a bird and like is talking to her as a bird? Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure if you came down and morphed, but so you are just a bird like flying next to her talking. Yes. Okay, so when you first come over to, she definitely like yells out of surprise. I was like, "Oh, oh my god, it's Damien!" Oh, okay. sorry, it's it's Damien. Hi, hi. Sorry about that. It's okay. I didn't mean to startle you. Uh, sorry. She definitely yells just a little bit. <laughs> a little birdie told me that you were wondering why Hugo has been having memory issues. I know that there is a certain Dr. Kabe over in Portland, whom we met, a lovely gentleman. Uh, he is very adamant about the truth, though, 
so I wouldn't lie to him. He's not fond of that. But he did seem to be magical and have a certain story exchange. I don't remember. What does this doctor from Seattle have to do with Hugo? Also, you're a little bird. Were you just listening to us? Come on, Damien. I thought we had, like, some respect here. We were having a conversation. You could have just walked with us if you wanted to join it. Yeah, I'm not a human. I don't know about all your rules and when it's okay to break them and when, you know, it's not. So I just sort of do my own thing. But if it makes you feel any better, I'm telling you and I'm not letting Hugo know that I'm telling you. So it's even juicier. But now you know. So if you wanted to speak to Dr. Kabe directly, that could be arranged. You know, you can check him out on your own independently of Hugo. He doesn't even have to know. So you want me to disregard Hugo's obvious want for privacy and go around that and talk to this guy that you think has something to do with him? I don't know. I'm just brainstorming. Right, right, right. Okay, well- Yeah, he literally threw me out of his shop, so I'm not welcome back. But the whole, I'm going to take your memory thing was fascinating. So if someone would, you know, talk with him and interact with him more, that would be really great. And I'd, I'd enjoy that. I'll keep that in mind. And this definitely isn't something that I should ask anybody else in the group about Dr. Kabe and see if they know anything. I should just go to him directly. Uh, the rest of the group doesn't know anything about him besides Aiden, who only knows a few more sentences about him than I do. Right. It was after you had gotten thrown out of the shop that they kept talking. Exactly. Okay. And, you know, for the record, if two people are having a private conversation while walking in the woods, maybe don't listen in as a bird or make your presence very clear so people know that you're listening as a bird or other creature in general. Okay, I'm weighing pros and cons in this one. And unfortunately, eavesdropping is just way, <laughs> way more pros. So, All right, well, can't win them all. And as the two of you continue to walk through the woods... Oh, wait, no, no. Damien would do her a favor. Okay. So I, if you're talking about really boring things, that's going to put me off and I'm going to get distracted and bored and move on. So it just be really boring for like the first minute and then I will lose attention and probably go and do something else. I will keep that in mind in case I ever need to throw you off the trail. Thank you, Damien. Yeah, no problem. Whitaker, do you have anything or do you wait for someone else to be ahead or behind of the group? <laughs> nah, Whitaker's in mission mode. Whitaker's looking out for the cat. Okay. Whitaker is super focused on finding this thing so he can get another shot at it. <laughs> and the camera does that split focus thing where as Raven and Damien walk through the woods, they go out of focus and what comes into focus is an orb weaver's web. Just on a tree branch, a little spider crawls across it. Why don't you all roll whatever investigative or other types of moves you're going to make to help in the finding of the Splinter Cat? I rolled a while ago back when you told us to roll, and I rolled really well. That's fine. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> That's why I asked if you wanted the rolls or not, because I was very excited. <laughs> That's okay. What'd you get? Despite being in mission mode, Whitaker got a five. Oh. <laughs> But Hugo's around. And whether it's looking or helping. Ooh. I rolled a 13. Nice. On which move? Investigate a mystery? 
Uh, yes. Okay. Hugo, do you want to assist Whitaker or do you want to try your own thing? Please assist. So here's the funny thing. Hugo is lost in his own thoughts right now because he got a four. Hmm. That was technically for him trying to look on his own, not trying to assist. I can try to assist if you want. I think if you've rolled a four, that in any case, it doesn't help the group at all. Just because Raven didn't get any details. If Hugo is lost in his thoughts, what's his inner monologue right now? Your friend just came to you and was like, hey, I can tell something's up. Gotta bury it deeper. Gotta bury it deeper. Gotta fix this. Damn it, why is she so good at knowing if people are lying about stuff? <laughs> no! That, 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 that's it. Do you, like, try to recall that encounter at all again, or? I don't think so. Okay. So you're just, you're a little distracted, and also sleep deprived. You I mean, you didn't go to bed, so. Mistakes are made. Yuko's not in the best shape to be tracking a wild spirit. Whitaker also not doing so good, but that kind of tracks because we've said he's a bit of a city boy. Despite all his missions in the forests, he never really enjoys them. <laughs> so Raven, Eastie Agency's newest recruit. You are on the job, and after your conversation with Damien, you start to pick up on clues. So why don't you go ahead and ask me your questions? I would like to know, where did it go? That's a question, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's kind of the first thing. We're trying to find it, mm-hmm. trying to find the trail. You guys likely went back to where you encountered it last, yeah, as a starting point. So from there, you actually begin your investigative walk, and... Whitaker, you probably would be able to at least go into more detail describing what it looked like, the bony ridges that it had down its spine and on its face and the large claws that it had. You even could maybe look and Raven, you see all around that spot where they had the little skirmish. There are footprints. They look like large mountain lion shaped prints. You find a tree with like a torn piece of Whitaker's shirt speared into it. Mm hmm. Essentially, you are not able to track it from here, but you get a lot of the information you'll need to track it as you then just fan out and start looking in the general vicinity. What you find, Raven, every now and then you come across one of these areas where the trees have been knocked down and at random points along the non-trails of the forest. There's been no storms to cause this damage, so you know this looks like Splinter Cat mayhem and destruction. And from there, you find, again, the similar paw prints, the similar impact markings and compressed bark on the tree from where it slams its bony head into them to knock them over. You find some dislodged birds' nests and eggshells on the ground, so it's been finding its food in this way. I think, again, you track it to another den-type opening, and the paw prints go into that hole in the ground. It's sort of a rocky outcropping, but then there is a dug tunnel underneath. And so you can tell it must have these dens all over, or maybe they connect or something. That seems to be where it has gone. So that's potentially where it is now, is in one of its hiding spots. How wide is the burrow? How big is it? Not that I'm going to crawl in, but if I wanted to, could I? Right. Not me, Emery Whitaker. You could. It'd be tight, but you could, on all fours, crawl through this hole and opening. You don't know if it stays that big or if it opens up, but it is large enough that you could slip into it and then kind of shimmy your way through it. Okay, nobody do that. Do not fucking do that. <laughs> but it's an option. <laughs> it's an option. 
You get more questions though, right? Uh, I get one more. Uh, what can hurt it? Not that we want to hurt it, but in case we have to? That's always like my first instinct for the question. Then I was like, oh, we're not trying to defeat this one. We're trying to like trap it and relocate it. But if we have to hurt it a little bit to like subdue it so it doesn't kill us. Yeah, that question, I think in terms of the game mechanic is meant more to help you determine its weakness, but you haven't got any information on it really that would let you know what its weaknesses are. I realized that I always forget this move that I have that we can kind of incorporate. Unless, has has Raven actually seen the Splinter Cat? No. Okay, dang it. The only people who actually know what it looks like by sight are Whitaker, Hugo, and Aiden. Okay. And Aiden, it would be fuzzy because she saw it like oh, for yeah. two seconds when she was like, blink, grab Whitaker, blink out. Okay, so then I didn't forget to do this. I just couldn't have done it. I have a, a move where I can ask and investigate a mystery question the first time I see a new creature, but she didn't see this creature. So that question goes back to her like research and stuff, and that's how she figures it out. But if she hasn't seen it, she can't ask it. I can flavor that question, though, of like what can hurt it in a different way. Okay. When you engage with this thing, you are fairly certain that any attempt to like knock it unconscious with blunt force will not be effective because of how hard the top of its skull with the bony ridge is. So in terms of what can hurt it, you're going to have to think creatively to not harm it lethally to get it to be subdued versus dropping a rock on its head or something because it literally spends its whole waking hours crashing into trees head first to knock them down. So it's got a thick skull on it and I can give an answer that there are many things that will not hurt it, especially wherever those bony ridges are protruding from its fur. Cool. I'll let you guys use that information and the fact that you found another den and you can think about what your plan is gonna be to follow up. Let's check in with Felicity. What's up? You are looking for the aggro pelter. Yes, we are. I would like to... <laughs> Use tune in. Mm-hmm. So I roll plus weird, and I can ask some questions. Thank you, dice that I picked out specifically today. That is a thirteen. Okay. Where is this creature right now? I want to get any role play that we want to get done with this group, Felicity, done before we resolve that number. Mm-hmm. But I'm also doing everybody's rolls ahead of time to see if it informs anything. Aiden got a five. <laughs> Which I think is great because I have an idea in mind for what her mood is like on this little trick. I'm going to roll and see if Lark or Jay are able to do anything in search of the creature. And he really only has investigate a mystery at his disposal. Okay, Lark, that's eight plus his sharp, 10 plus. There's really only one scene I want to have with you, Felicity. As you're walking along, you are attempting to tune in with your magic to, to help find this thing. And Lark and Jay are walking ahead, sort of leading your group, because again, they're looking to meet the friend of theirs that they mentioned, mm -hmm. who might have a path to the, the monster. Aiden's been kind of hanging back, but eventually she comes up beside you. Did you, uh, did you sleep okay last night? Oh, I slept fantastic. That is like the greatest place that I've ever been in my whole life. Yeah, um, how many times have you been there? the second time and Mira can just take you there whenever yeah 
Did you want to come sometime? And she stops just stunned for a minute. Yeah, I I really would, uh, if, if that's okay. Yeah, after this, I'll take you there. I'll see if Mira can take us both there. Okay, yeah. Uh, thanks. I'd, I'd really like that. It looked beautiful. It was. It's so pretty. I saw this fox little baby and this skunk, and it was the cutest thing I've ever seen in my whole life, and they were best friends forever, and they played together. It was so cute. That sounds really nice. Oh, it was so nice. You definitely have to see it sometime. It is probably the greatest place ever. I just, I want all of you to see, well, all of you except for maybe Damien, because Mira seemed pretty apprehensive about Damien coming. Yeah, I don't think it'd be a good idea to bring him. No, but I definitely want all of you guys to see it at some point. It's so worth it. I can imagine. Well, let's find this thing, I guess, right? Yeah, let's do it. What uh, questions do you want to ask? Do you want me to just speed around and throw them all out? Because yeah. I know the three questions. Okay. Where's the creature right now? How can I attract its attention? And what is it planning to do next? Okay. Love that. You're having this conversation. Aiden seems happier than she has in a while when you say you'll take her to the place that Mira takes you sometimes. And then you think, all right. Time to go to work. I'm Agent Starnbrook, and I'm going to find this thing. And you close your eyes, and without even having to tap into your magic, just through the nature of your weirdness and being where you need to be, you hear a crash in the forest and a familiar sound off in the distance. And Lark turns to Jay. There's our guy. And he looks back at you and Aiden, and he says, You think you guys can keep up? Oh, for sure. All right. And Jay morphs into his full dragon mode. And Lark hops on top, holds on to Jay's antlers, almost like motorcycle handlebars. <laughs> Aiden calls. She's like, are we good to just cut loose out here? And as Jay begins to take off in the forest, Lark yells back. He says, yeah, show me what you got. Oh, I don't know if you want that, but. <laughs> she lets her gold wings come out. You uh, can fly, right? Or make yourself float and I'll pull you along? Uh, yeah, sure. And we'll say as part of your 13, you just managed to turn gravity off on yourself. Mm -hmm. And so by holding Aiden's hand, she can fly the two of you after Jay as he twists his way through different trees and underbrush. You know that it's up ahead of you. You can see birds flying in the opposite direction from where you guys are headed. Yep. And that helps guide your path as you quickly move through the forest. As you are flying along, one of the birds that is flying in the opposite direction suddenly stops. It like throws its wings out, lands on a branch, and then picks up and takes off after you guys again. You see it slowing down as you approach it, and then you see it again whiz past your eyes as it goes to meet up with Jay and Lark. Then you hear someone shout, Lark, kiddo! Pull him over! I gotta talk to you! Lark taps Jay's head. You can see that Jay kind of rolls his eyes, but parks himself and stops on a stone ridge at the bank of this river that's rushing past. 
Aiden flutters her wings to stop and lands, and you see this bird sort of alight itself onto Lark's extended finger. It's just a little sparrow, but riding on the back of it is a small folk person. He says, Hi, Tara. And this cloaked little small folk who has a dark evergreen cloak. It's made of some sort of dark wool or felt and clasped at the side of her shoulder with a uh, an earring clasp uh, as a cloak pin. And she throws her hood back. She's got this long, thick white hair that's done and held back in lots of fancy braids. Snow, snow white and very fairy-like features, pointy ears, little flush red nose and these big, big hazel eyes. She says, Where'd you go last night? I was out there watching our fellow and then he went to sleep and I had to stay out there keeping an eye on him the whole time. Lark says, uh, well, I ran into some family and her friends, but we're here now. Seems like he's already at it for the day, huh? Oh yeah, he's fit to burst with rage already. I, uh, I tried talking to him in the morning, but he couldn't hear me because I'm so small, you know? So who are these two? Right, uh, Tara, this is, uh, Felicity and Aiden. They're a couple of my sister's friends. And on her back is a shield and spear made of an acorn and what looks like a sewing needle that's lashed to a toothpick. <laughs> and she takes those off and stands at attention like a little soldier. And she says, Pleased to meet you, friend of Lark here is a friend of mine. Which of the Eugenias do you know? Raven. Mmm, I remember that one. You do? Of course, I grew up in their house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And Lark says, this is uh, Tara Anegwe. She is uh, the house elf that used to live at our house. But she thought I was the only one that could see her, so she came with me when I moved out here. Right, good thing I did too, because you get into trouble all the time, you little scamp. Yep, I would not be where I am without uh, my little helper here. Meanwhile, Jay is staring off at where the destruction of the forest is happening and gives a big huff, and he says, Could we please get on with it? And Tara spins around and points her spear up at him. You be quiet, you big mossy beastie! I'm a-talking with me boy, and you're gonna be hushed up while I meet these friendly new folks of his. <sighs> Only because of my love of my beloved Lark do I not devour you this instant, small folk. So you can tell they have a very cantankerous relationship. Perfect. But she turns back to you, Aiden and Lark, and she says, Overgrown lizard's what he is. But seriously, we got to, we got to go talk to this agripelter. He's bound to level that half of the forest if we don't do something quick. Yeah, we're on our way. We're going to try to hurry as quick as we can. Well, you're going to want to be careful because... Uh, and she points up at the sparrow. Flitwing and I were pretty agile, but uh, I know the rest of you have a hard time dodging tree trunks if they come straight for your face. Oh, I can freeze time. It's okay. <laughs> Fancy friends you getting, Lark, me boy. And he just shrugs and is like, perks of being a chosen one, I guess. Aiden says, if we uh, need a barrier or something, maybe I should go first. Jade says, I'm sure the protector of the forest will be perfectly equipped to engage in this encounter. Hey, listen, man, I think we got this. You're like hot shit and everything. I understand that. 
but we're just trying to help you. Don't be a dick to us. <laughs> Lark is like throwing up his hands. He's like, no, no, he's just, he's just like that. He just gotta, he means well. And he'll hop up on Jay's back and the two of them take off across the river. But Tara has her bird perch on your shoulder, Felicity. And she says, I like you already. I am friends with every single person that I meet. So in my eyes, we're already pals. I love it. Let's go. Let's go! Aiden will throw wings out again and carry you across the river so you can now start to approach the uh, agropelter. Sick. As you guys come across this clearing, which is actively being expanded upon by the damage the agropelter is causing, atop a tree at the very center, one big hollowed out dead tree, and then all around it are other either dead trees or fresh trees that have been knocked over. And at the top of this central one, which remains intact, is this massive furry creature. It's about six feet tall from what you can tell. Very broad shoulders and a sort of baboon-like face, though it does not have any of the distinct colors that you would expect on a, on a baboon or a mandrill. It's mostly just brown and patches of green algae and moss and sometimes even full fungi growing out of its fur. And it has these long, long arms. They droop down and curl about and twist into spirals. They're almost like tentacles, except that they have big ape hands at the ends of them and move freely like an octopus tentacle and pick things up and manipulate them deftly and uh, pretty finely, in fact. And it is just taking branches from the base of this dead tree, which it can reach all the way down to, even though it's perched at the top with its little feet grabbing the, the trunk. The arms are easily 20 feet long. Ah! Yeah, just these huge whips of arms. like. <laughs> and so the arms are reaching and picking up some of the wood that's already been knocked down, and in some cases snapping off smaller twig branches from things that have been fallen, and it's just chucking him at the edge of the forest. You can hear for the first time within its presence, Felicity, that but what your brain hears, right? Your ears pick up that sound and you recognize you're hearing that. But because you can talk to spirits, what you hear is, God damn it, you dirty hide behind. I'm going to crush you. I'm going to tear you up. Clearly, this agropelter is pissed at something called a hide-behind and is just constantly picking things up. It's like, stupid varmint's tearing up the forest! It's all your fault! <laughs> tree trunk goes flying. Oh Ruining the trees for my family to sleep in at night! And his big baboon nostrils flare and he sees your group approaching slowly and cautiously out of the forest. Hello! He doesn't approach directly. You see one arm reaches out past this central tree and grasps the trunk and canopy of a tree on the edge of this clearing. He leaps off the top of the trunk and swings down on his arm like his arm is the vine. Hits the base of that tree, but uses his other arm quickly to reach the top of it and kind of slingshot himself on his own arms back to the top and then just moves in this very weird 
puppet-like way over the tops of the trees and eventually slowly descends as his arms unfurl and he does these like slow somersaults and over to your group. And Felicity, you can see that as it approaches, it's breathing slows a little bit, gets a little calmer, and you notice that Aiden, ever since you guys emerged from the forest, is glowing the most golden she's ever been. She is projecting <laughs> that like calming aura as much as she can Sick. to give you a plus one forward on any rolls you make to interact with this uh, aggro pelter. I also have a plus one forward for my tune in. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm golden. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, hey, man, what's going on? And his big nose kind of... <laughs> You're not from around here, are you? No. But what we're trying to do is help save this place. So we're pretty much on the same side. You hate the hide behind just as much as I do? Well, make sense is a dirty, ornery critter ruining the trees and killing their insides, which normally wouldn't be so bad, except he knocks them over afterwards. That's fantastic. Yes, we hate them. But can you please tell me <laughs> what is the hide behind? Lark just shoots a look. We don't hate the hide behind. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is diplomacy. We have to talk to them. Agropelter says to you, The hide behind is a miserable, cowardly, yellow-bellied spirit in these woods, and he's ruining the trees. And I'm going to stop him. I'm going to find him and snap his twiggy little neck when I get my paws on him. Now, let me ask you something. This hide behind, does he kind of sound like whispers or a presence that is always behind you? I've never heard him speak, but I know he's a slippery feller. It wouldn't surprise me. Now, this is just my speculation. I have another team out here investigating these woods as well, and don't worry, they're on your side too. They're looking for what's called the splinter cat. And I think it's the splinter cat that is the one that is destroying the woods. I've never heard of such a beast. What are you talking about? Okay, so what they've told me is that the splinter cat is like a big mountain lion, like really big, and he has these really big spikes on his back, and he's knocking down trees all over the place. But I have another group of investigators that's trying to get him out of your woods. Well, let me tell you, mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of nothing. And if the hide behind's in league with this splintery kitten, then I'll wring them both out. You see, he's shaking his arms in the air, making them jiggle like worms <laughs> in the wind. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't think the hide behind and the splinter cat have anything to do with each other. Well, that can't be true. I saw him. I saw the hide behind after a tree got knocked over, and he ran off into the woods. Okay, hang on. Let's let's pause and rewind for a moment. Okay? <laughs> you see, you might be losing him. I'm going to need you to roll manipulate someone if you want to keep this line of dialogue going. Thank you, Stone Dice. That is a six and a five, baby. Plus my manipulate someone is a one, so that's a twelve. 
It's a 14 because of your plus one forward on stuff. That's right. Coming from two sources. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So he like you can see his like nose and snout are kind of like steaming red. Like there's a lot of blood rushing to this aggro pelter's face as he's like holding back roars of anger and frustration. You see he turns around briefly like his arm literally just like twists like a, a rope or a, a towel that you spiraled and it just twists around and he just takes his head and slams it into the tree a couple times and lets out some like frustrated grunts and then untwists his arm and comes back. All right, I'm listening again. Sorry, I had to clear my ears of all the anger it was up in them. Okay, see, I don't support self-harm around here. Oh, don't hurt me noggin, nothing. Just gotta get the feelings out. Just knock them right out. Like acorns on a tree. Okay. Well, let's just have a conversation. Me and you. You said that you had never seen the hide behind. I've never heard him speak, but I've seen him. Oh, you've, you've never heard him speak. Now let me ask you a question. If he's always behind you, how have you seen him? Well, that's the thing. I caught him with his trousers down. For once in his miserable, scurly life, he wasn't behind me. And I saw him after a tree got knocked over. And that's right around the time when all this damage started happening. Uh-huh. And what did he look like? Well, he's a twiggy little fella. He looks like he'd fit behind pretty much any tree you'd think of. And I bet he's something to do with what he's doing to him to knock him down. Got he it. must be stealing their life force or something. Oh, man, I get my pot on him. No, okay. So listen, can we focus for a moment on something? Lark whispers to you, I don't know if focus is this one's strong suit. Maybe just keep talking to him. Shh, it's okay. I've got this. You see, he is clenching very tightly to a, a walking stick that he seems to always have on him with his kit. So, have you ever seen the hide behind destroy a tree? Have you seen that with your eyes? Specifically him? Well, not directly, but he was standing right there over a tree that got done knocked over. Okay. Yes, me, that'd be some pretty damning evidence. And he looks over at Jay. Are you supposed to be the law around these parts? What are you doing about this nasty varmint? He's coming here to talk to you, too. And Jay says imperiously, I am here at the side of the chosen one of the forest to solve your petty squabbles and to stop you from endangering those who would enjoy the forest for recreational activities. <laughs> so I know maybe you and this hide behind have had some issues. Maybe you think that this hide behind has knocked down some trees unjustly. Trees that do not need to be knocked down for safety's sake. That's right. You only knock down a tree, it's already past its prime if you're looking for acorns or pine cones or some other delicious snack. Yep, but we have seen the aggro pelter knocking down trees. That's me. You mean the splinter I cat. I mean the splinter <laughs> cat. I mean, also you. Let's not be, let's not lie here. I have seen you knocking down. I came here. I came into this newly formed clearing. Let's talk about that for a moment, maybe. Well, I gotta find the hide behind, don't he? He's gotta be hiding behind 
one of these trees. This seems a little bit hypocritical in my eyes. Hippo what? Uh, hypocritical, it means um, you are doing the thing that you are trying to fight against. So you are mad because the hide behind is knocking down trees. So in order to find him, you're going to knock down good, healthy trees? It's a war of attrition. If I don't catch him and snap him by knocking down the trees behind, he'll destroy the whole forest. I'm taking preemptive defensive action here. I get that. I get it. I just don't think it is the most productive. You see at the top of the tree where he's got one arm like around the top of his trunk, the arm is just like tightening and tightening and tightening. And you can hear like splitting and cracking of the trunk as just this vice grip of tentacle arm is constricting. Listen, we're trying to help you. I would love to help you. Guys, can you back me up a little bit here? Anybody? I'm doing my best. Aiden has her hands out, and she's like, I am doing my best, Felicity. And Lark also steps up to you and says, It sounds like that if we could find the hide behind and get you guys to talk it out, that maybe we could get to the bottom of what's and who's knocking down what in the forest. See, that's what I was trying to say. Thank you. I'm going to have Lark use his monster empathy. He rolls plus charm. That's a seven. Plus his charm is three, so ten. So he can ask, what does it most desire? And what would it accept as good enough for now? It's pretty clear after the line of questioning you've been doing, Felicity, that the agropelter wants the hide behind. But what it really wants is for the trees to stop getting knocked over because that's where apparently its family lives. And that makes sense. The whole time you've been interacting with this thing, it has not once set foot on the ground. It either swings between two trees or is just hanging from one of them or clinging to the trunk of it. But it seems very adamant that it will not set foot on the ground. And so you can puzzle together that, oh, yeah, well, no trees. That's bad. Its arms are very long, but they can only reach so far. And if that means that territory gets taken out, then it can't get to feeding grounds, that kind of thing. Mm hmm. And what it will accept as good enough for now, Lark is going to propose with you. He says, I bet if you found the hide behind once before, Mr. Agropelter, that we could find it and get them to come apologize. Well, it'd be a start, I suppose. And Lark says, could you give us the day? And we'll come back tonight with an answer for you. I will try to restrain my ever-flowing and bursting rage at the hide behind and give you until the sun sets behind that peak. He points with one very, very long arm at a nearby mountain. Lark just says, thank you so much. Grabs your hand, Felicity, and does not a quick about face and starts walking away. <laughs> All right. As we're walking away, I'll be like, I'm really sorry. I was just trying to point out your own hypocrisy. I just really wanted you to see the things from my point of view and how I was understanding things. But we'll get the hide, we'll get the, we'll get the hide behind and it's fine. 
you maybe hear as Jay and Lark turn and Aiden backs away with her hands still up, projecting the aura. Please become, please become, please become, please become. <laughs> Just uh, as it like pull up its way to the top of the tree. Dang, hypocrites of witch! I never seen a hippo in these parts in years! <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much! <laughs> So that is now your updated mission, Felicity, is that Lark thinks if you guys can find behind behind, then maybe you can get them to talk and work out what actually happened. Cool. Or maybe you can find out from the high behind what happened from its point of view. Yeah. Hello, adventurers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Storyteller Squad. This is your friendly reminder that if you've made it this far into the series and haven't had a chance to leave us a review, well, now's your chance. A positive review helps get our show in front of new people's eyes when they're looking for recommendations to start a new series. Speaking of new series, our promo this week is for The Monsters Playbook, another actual play series using Monster of the Week that recently launched not too long ago. They've been playing for a while, but their podcast begins with their second season, and they have a really well put together recap episode that will get you caught up on their characters' experiences so you'll be able to dive right into their fresh adventure. But you know what? I'll let them tell you how it is. The infinite hallway has been closed. It took a year for an unlikely trio to manage to seal dozens of holes in the fabric of reality. But I can see the threads of fate. I know there is more in store for them in this world, and in another. I see Kira Ashwood, the journalist who still bears the scars from her cult days, rising in great and terrible power. I see the supernatural social outcast, Mark Clayton, his abilities expanding and evolving, growing without limit, without explanation. I see the one they've yet to meet, a sorceress from between worlds, yet drawn to power and burdened by legacy. I see the extra-normal investigator Casey Davis, but for the moment, I am one of the few who does. I can see what's next, I can see it all unfolding, each chosen path. How does it end? Even I don't know for sure. Join us on The Monster's Playbook. The Monster's Playbook is an actual play Monster of the Week podcast with new episodes released every other Tuesday. Come check us out on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find The Monster's Playbook on Instagram at Monster's Playbook and on Twitter at Monster Playbook. Darn Twitter character limits strike again. Check out their show and say hi for us. And if you made it here after hearing our trailer on their show, it's great to have you. You can find our socials using our link tree in the episode description. And if you'd like to enjoy some exclusive content we offer to our patrons, signing up for our Patreon will get you into the Storyteller Squad community discord. That's all for this week. See you next time, adventurers. other team uh now that i don't have to play five npcs at once <laughs>
how's your hunt for the splinter cat going? You found the den and you think it probably is underground. What are you going to do to try and catch or lure it out here? Natalie, how much rope would we have between the four of us? Well, this is not the sort of game where you just have rope as part of being an adventurer. So if you have any, it's probably like some paracord that would be like part of the emergency camping supplies. And those, I think, come in like lengths of 60 or 50 feet. Okay. But it's thin stuff. It's not like thick braided cord. It's like a nylon type thing. Damien, you got any rope in that dimensional pocket of yours? Uh, Yeah, I've got some of those power cord bracelets. It's pretty thin stuff. Well, okay. Do you want me to go in there and talk to it? Damien, if you want to try talking to it, you can. But I was running away from the damn thing and it didn't seem keen on communication. I mean, you can try. Don't get me wrong. You can try. But it was a very attack first sort of creature. Hugo, if I made sort of like a bolus kind of situation out of this paracord and some rocks or something like that, could you electrify it and we could try stunning the thing? Just kind of tase it through cord. Um, I've never tried to conduct over a non-conductive medium, but possibly. If we have something we can throw at it, because I, yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to restrain it with the limited supplies we have, but if we could knock it out for a bit, that might be something. Do you want like aluminum foil? Uh, Natalie, do we got aluminum foil? I'm hard pressed to think of a reason for Damien to want to steal hordes of aluminum foil. You're killing me, Natalie. You're killing me here. Do we have copper wire? Damien has an interdimensional pocket and 30 plus years of traipsing around the U.S. stealing from people. I don't know if he has copper wire. If you think he does, sure. But what are you going to do with it? Because again, the paracord is made of essentially plastic. So Hugo's correct in that trying to conduct a lightning through it might not go so well. But it's magic lightning. <laughs> we've, we've established that magic lightning doesn't work like regular electricity. Hey, yeah, hey Whitaker. Yeah. What's up? Do you want me to just make a cage? Can you make a cage? Tap sticks together. You see a latticework start to flow between them. Beautiful. Perfect. How long have you been able to do that? done it before he has he's made electrical netting and things before just magically Never mind. that's fantastic natalie you can cut all of my bits about making <laughs> about rope because that's now that's just dead material that's that's uh-huh. useless dialogue yeah i love whitaker coming up with mundane things and hugo just being like magic but also magic <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair whitaker to be fair this is just temporary solution it won't last long if i do it right could it knock it out because we're trying to get a way to take it out of commission for a bit while the other group deals with the monkey oh that's not going to take it out of commission i can stop for maybe like 20 minutes 10 minutes 30 minutes it varies especially with this type of atmosphere whitaker why don't you roll me plus sharp okay it's a nine Being reminded that you're here with three very magical people and not just another mundane Eastie agent, you have had the ability to, not quite yourself, but in tandem with other folks, use weapons that will inflict magical harm as opposed to just shooting something. 
Now, you might not want to dissolve the Splinter Cat with Damien's acid bullets, but you have two magic users here who maybe could enchant your weapon to inflict some other kind of damage onto this creature if you are planning to just engage it and incapacitate it that way. Okay, so non-lethal damage is an enchantment option for magic. Sure, if you change the makeup of your bullets some way. All right. Or just strategize and have them be the ones inflicting damage and you run around with your battlefield awareness as bait or something. All right. Hugo, Raven, either of you able to um, make this more of a stun gun? I could try. I don't have anything that I know how to do, but maybe if Hugo and I work together, especially if we're trying to use some kind of electricity magic... If he leads, I can assist and just try to help. All right. Damien, if you turn into a bird, how fast do you think you could fly to um, the visitor center to get some, like, actual good rope? Um... If it's too far away, we can abandon that. But if we could knock it out and tie it up somehow, that might be a good option for us. Yeah, didn't uh, Lark and Jay say they've relocated spirits before where you incapacitate them for a little while and then Jay will fly it somewhere? Yeah. If we can get it tied up, that'd be perfect. That was what Jay and Lark had suggested as a solution. I thought we were just going to electrocute the bejesus out of it and then it would be unconscious so we could just drag it wherever. Well, we don't know how long it'll be unconscious for and when it wakes up, I wouldn't like it to be unbound. We just sap it again. Well, that will kill it eventually. I don't want to rely on Jay having to pick it up with his claws. It might be better to have some ropes attached to it and Jay can hold onto the rope. So if it does wake up mid-flight, he's not getting attacked. Yeah, it might ruin his manicure. (laughs) All right. Anything else I can get for you while I'm there? Hmm. Coffee. Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) A jug of milk and then he never returns. (laughs) if there are some like really big tent spikes we could uh, also use those to kind of nail it in one place that sounds cruel jesus no not we're not crucifying it what the fuck no in the ground i knew what you meant into like the rope that's what i meant sounds cruel no if we like tie it up with rope and then take the rope and spike that into the ground so he can't move and run away not into the body of it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whitaker, I was right there with you. I, I got Thank you. Thank you, Raven. D- Damien, you were there with me, though, right? I was hoping for it. God, <laughs> I was hoping for it. <laughs> you need to leave there and come join us over here. Get out of, get out of wherever you are. Oh, my God. <laughs> we don't want to hurt this spirit. We can defend ourselves reasonably and, like, Shock it to knock it out for both our safety and its safety, but we really do want to avoid hurting it unnecessarily. My, my mistake. I got confused when you said using the rope and such, because I thought we'd just use the rope to tie it up itself so we don't have to like tie it to the ground where we can't get it back out. No, I understand the confusion. Yeah, that, that yeah. All right. All right. This is why I'm not a strategist. He's tired. He goes sleepy. You know, he's not firing on all cylinders today. <laughs> Yeah, Damien, while you're out there, get some coffee for Hugo, please. Can we make one attempt to communicate with this before I have to go run errands? Absolutely. We do need to lure it out. Um, We know it eats birds. I mean, I can just crawl down in the hole. 
Damien, what are you doing? Turning into a little fox, which should be able to get into the den even easier than the large creature did. Absolutely. We should uh, probably hide in the meantime, just in case that goes wrong. Yeah, we'll find like some trees or big rocks to sort of crouch behind. Okay. One of the magic moves is to communicate with something that you do not share a language with. So as this fox creature is heading down, Damien is occasionally jiggling his throat to sort of warble it and sort of begin the adjusting process to try to aim for different speech patterns and different bestial sounds. So the group of you, well, Whitaker, Raven, and Hugo, you guys take cover behind some nearby trees with a sight line on this little opening to the burrow. Damien, you travel along, you get to a part of it where it is a very steep slope as opposed to the shallow incline that was happening. You're either going to have to take a leap of faith down or change your form and gloop down or something or stretch or, or whatever. But where you are in the tunnel, it just like drops off. And it's dark in here, so you're pretty much relying on the fox's sense of like smell and hearing to navigate. Can he call out? Because I don't want to get too close to this thing and be like three inches away before it notices me and it gets super defensive. Sure. So you're going to try and communicate with it from this point in the burrow. Yeah. Okay. I can't believe you set me up this well, Anders, but what does the fox say? Oh my god. (laughs) The timing, though. Five plus two is seven. Okay. Well, there's definitely going to be a glitch. What is it? I'll take the harm. That way, if things go poorly, it'll be even more tense. Take harm, huh? You know what they say, you're not supposed to really be moving your throat around like that. It messes up things. Is that what they say? It's true for warm-up purposes. Yeah, I don't know how to make a communication spell harm you, so we're going to take some narrative control here. I can re-pick. No, it's fine. You can still take harm. It just won't be from the magic itself. It'll be from what the magic does. Uh, <laughs> so, Damien, you call out. What's your opening salvo for conversation? Hello, friend. It's quiet for a little bit. You don't hear anything. You smell something? Just sort of musky, animal kind of smell. And then from across this, like, drop-off in the burrow... A huge big claw reaches out and slashes at your fox form and does like the from Terminator 2 where like it goes through you, you know what I mean? And you kind of jello through the claws, <laughs> like the bars, and you take one harm. But when the big paw pulls back, you hear growl. Strange food. I don't taste very good, friend. Would you like to taste a bite? And I'll prove it to you. It says, Very strange food. Food does not talk. Threat. Damien will slowly stretch out a limb towards the mouth, offering it as a peace offering. Okay. I don't taste good. I'm here to talk. So your gloopy fox paw reaches across this opening and you 
can't still see now, but you can sort of imagine in your mind that this burrow has that drop off so that if anything comes down here to just be curious and be like, oh, a burrow, I'll make it my home. They will drop down and then across that gap is where the Splinter Cat's actual sleeping burrow is and it will jump down and feast on whatever has fallen into its trap. But your, your little paw extends across and is not clawed again, but like knocked away. And the Splinter Cat growls again and says, You are not food, you are threat. Be gone from this place. As you wish, friend. And Damien will back out slowly and return to the group. By this time, Whitaker's like already given like Raven the established hand signal of, signal of start pulling cards, and like Hugo the like smite on sight hand signal or whatever they <laughs> did in training. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you guys are prepping for anything, and what comes out is Damien's little fox form again. No, what comes out is Damien in a Hugh Hefner smoking jacket and slippers. <laughs> With a little bubble pipe, uh -huh. because he is also not smoking. And then he will approach the group very calmly. So this creature is on a very food or threat basis. One can communicate, but diplomacy will be difficult. Well, I'm going to be honest, Damien, I kind of already figured that. It was worth a shot, though, just to see. Worth a shot. Why do you look like that? I'm just enjoying. Um, well, do we want to go to plan B? Lure it out? Yeah, I'll go get the rope. Don't lure it out. I'm sorry, what? What? <laughs> Hugo, you hear a familiar voice from behind you in the woods. Is it just him, or does everyone else hear it? Everybody heard that. Yeah. Hugo, is that you? Do we hear anything else? Remember what I said about ASMR? So this is the third one. Mm-hmm. I don't think you accurately described how creepy it was. Don't call me that. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Um, Whitaker <laughs> starts looking around for it. Does he see it? <laughs> As you look around, Whitaker, you don't see it, but you feel from where it is watching you change. As you like spin around. Right, like Felicity said. No matter where any of you are looking, you don't catch it. You know, if Whitaker looks one way and Raven looks another and Hugo looks another and Damien looks another, you're all looking in a different direction and you and all feel it behind you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my first instinct. I imagine we'd all get up and kind of spread out and start spinning. Like Scooby-Doo, back to back to back. Yeah. But then it feels like it's in the middle of us, so we turn around to face the center, and it feels like it's behind all of us at the same time. Mm-hmm. Damien's got chameleon eyes pointing in different directions and is still having issues. What's really creepy is that if you lie down, you probably feel as if it's under the ground Ooh. watching you. <sighs> if you try that, you don't feel that. Ooh. Oh, yes, I try that. Okay, you lay down and you just look up at the sky and you feel it like behind you, like from top of your head. Okay. That's neat. Neat is one word for it. I imagine all of us just pointing 
where we feel it, just mm-hmm. moving in different ways. And Wendy's definitely on Raven's shoulder, pointing their arrow, just freaking out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. They pull out one of their quills and have it just like trained on different trees and keep spinning around. We could do this all day. Uh- yeah, you hear from the woods. Please stop. I'm getting tired. Right. Um. <laughs> okay. How can we help you? Don't lure the splinter cat out. But we do need to incapacitate Mm. it, or else it's just going to keep destroying more of the trees. That is bad. It'll be angry, though. You could be hurt. I mean, yeah, it's part of the job. What should we do instead? It doesn't respond to that one. She looks at everyone else and shrugs, like, oh, all right. Tell us what not to do, but you can't tell us what to do. Sorry. I'm just a little scared of it. Do you know of anything that could contain it? It takes out the mightiest trunks of the forest with its head. Will splinter, will shatter, will crush anything in its path. But it's not all... Armored, sure it has a weak spot. Agropelter mm, could defeat it. Agropelter is strong. It could defeat it, and it could also take out half the forest from the sound of it. How do we contain that battle? Because that will that'll spiral all over the place, won't it? Yes, already is. Forest is in pain. Can feel it. Can feel the trees. How big is the agropelter? Large. Longer than the splinter cat. Arms that stretch as high as the peaks of trees. And stronger than any of us, I imagine. Mm, hard to say. Haven't seen what you can do. Still watching. And can we ask who you are? Mm, No name, just an observer. I like to watch. And what's your stake in all of this? Just trying to survive. Splinter Cat shatters trees, makes it hard to hide. Agropelter angry at me, thinks I break trees, also breaks trees that I'm behind. Soon there'll be nowhere left to hide, I'll have to watch from somewhere else. Christ, that's so unnerving. <laughs> why I don't talk to spirits. Welcome to my attempt at horror. <laughs> so it thinks that you're breaking the trees and it's mad, but it's also breaking the trees. Seems a bit hypocritical. Yeah. The agropelter is not very smart. I feel like we should check in with the other group, see if they've made contact with the agropelter yet. We should come up with a good code name for it before we talk about it on the radio. We're on the other channel. I told Lark this morning we're bad at code words. <laughs> That's why we didn't come up with any. We could always say that we found the kitten. True. 
but we also may want to move away from here. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Don't want to be here when it starts to get dark. That's when it starts hunting. Yeah, we'll be out of here. Let's put some distance between us and this burrow and we'll um, contact the group, see what they found. Yeah, I'll go get rope and you guys go make a phone call. That'd be great. Okay, so Damien, you're going to take off as a bird and go back to the camp center? Whitaker to group A. What's the status? Uh, hi, Mr. Whitaker. This is Lark. Hey, Whitaker. Hello. We uh, kind of just wrapped up first contact. Uh, didn't go great. It went fantastic. That third thing that your friend saw, I think maybe that's what's got the agripelter all angry. So we got to try and find that. Hide behind. Uh, good news. We're currently in contact with the third entity and we've located the location of the splinter cat, though we've been advised not to lure it out at this time. Over. You found the hide behind? Uh, found is a very generous term here. They found us. We've been in contact with them. Uh, all right. Well, uh, don't let it leave. We gotta talk to it and get it to work things out with the agropelter. They are very scared of the agropelter. We'd need a good reason, I think. We'd need a good reason to, um, to get them to talk to it. Over. Okay. Well, send up a signal or something and we'll come to you. Oh, it's okay. I can find you guys. <laughs> you hear Lark off the walkie-talkie like, what? Oh, I can find them. Uh, I guess we can find you. See you in a bit. Over and out. 10-4. Over and out. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Felicity, go ahead and get your group there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how do I nerf Felicity? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta level her up enough until she can, her only option is to change playbooks. I'm pretty much at that point. I need one more <laughs> fail, and then my only option is to change playbooks. Holy Interesting. shit. <laughs> I'm sure there's other stuff you haven't done yet. Okay. Boop. Another six and a five. So that's 14. All right. <laughs> which, which power are you using? Hunches? Yeah. Now, is that only when something bad is happening, though? Oh, that's true. That is true. All right. Felicity, you're walking for a while, and you guys all at the Splinter Cat Burrow, you sit around for a while, and an hour goes by, another hour, and Felicity, Lark stops you at one point and says, uh, hey, this can't be right. I don't know if something's up with whatever your power is that lets you find people, but we're headed back towards the camp center. Um, I just see my spirits lead me to th bad things that are happening. I see them up ahead there, but was anything bad happening to your friends? Oh, shit. I don't know, but they're leading me to something bad that's happening. Well, listen, maybe something bad is happening, but we got to catch up with Raven and, and Whitaker and your team. And this isn't the way for sure. They wouldn't be back here. This is back towards like regular trails. And he points up ahead and there's like a blaze marker on one of the trees. Hey, ghosty, come here. Scurries over to you. Is there something bad happening over there? Shakes his head, yes. In the forest? It just kind of turns around and looks in the direction you guys were walking. Yeah, but is it like really far away or is it in the forest? 
They shrug. They don't know how the magic works. They just do their thing. Do you know where Windy is? They shake their head now. Oh, I was hopeful for some kind of spirit connection there, but... Ghosty, listen, here's the thing. I'm a little bit curious about what's going on over there. So I'm going to have you guys keep going ahead. Go find the bad thing that's happening and then come back and tell me. Hey, stand up, give you a little salute. <laughs> uh, Ghosty and Tom take off into the woods. Uh, Lark will call back over the radio. Team B, this is uh, Lark. Looks like we got maybe turned around. So we are going to need that flare or something to find where you guys wound up. All right, fair enough. We got flares, right? You might not have flares, but you could probably think of some other way to signal where you are. I got away. Yeah, yeah, we'll send up a, a something. You go. You're not going to like it. It's fine. So before he does what is obviously going to be a very, very possibly bad idea, he's going to do another bad idea. Great. Okay. Oh, God. Are there any really large rocks or logs around? Yeah, because this is a, a splinter cat den. So there are a lot of trees that have been recently knocked over around here. I don't know that there's a huge like boulder or anything, but certainly plenty of tree trunks. A tree trunk will do. We're going to plug the hole. <laughs> Interesting. All right. And we're going to hope and probably be wrong about there not being enough space for the thing to try to break through. We'll probably be wrong about that. And we're going to have a cannon of some sort that's going to hit us in the face later on. But hey. It's fine. Uh, a shotgun is what you're making right now. If we just plug it full of debris, <laughs> you've made a shotgun at this point. So you, Hugo, are going to attempt to pick up a tree and plug a hole with it. Is that <laughs> like magically or are you looking for like debris to just shove in the opening? I'm just going to roll something and then just put it in place. OK, you will need help. The way the splinter cat damages trees is it snaps them off a few feet up and then the entire tree just comes down. So unless you have a, an axe and want to spend 20 minutes chopping branches off to like make a barrier, you're going to need help finding something to roll in front of the burrow opening. And it's a big opening like the cat has. I think I said it was like five or six feet at the shoulder. So like it's a pretty big opening that you're trying to block off right now. Hey, hey Whitaker, do you want to? Do you think we should try to, and I apologize, this is sleepy brain. Should we try to move something to block this thing? Because the only way I can signal someone is going to wake it up or at least make it not happy. Oh, um, if we can be quick, then yeah, let's do that. All right. Why don't you guys act under pressure to both find the material you need plug the hole and do this all without making too much noise at the edge of this thing's burrow that might alert it anyway. Uh, Hugo, you can do one thing beyond human limitations, can't you? I, I can, but... This feels like that falls under that umbrella. That would be if he was going to try and pick up a tree by himself and use magic that way. Is he not going to do that? Nope. I thought he was going to do this mundanely and then use magic to send the signal. Yep. Okay. Could I also try to help... Just in like the physical strength. Twig, Just Raven. one more person. Hey. Everyone can roll act under pressure and we'll see what happens. I will say the more people that roll, the more chances there are for it to go wrong. Whitaker got a 12. Okay. You got a seven. I got a seven. And that's with my plus zero cool. <laughs> <laughs> Whitaker, you do what you set out to do. You help you go move some things in front of this burrow. Raven and Hugo... I have to give you a worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. I will let you pick one of the three. Either 
as you are trying to plug the hole, something slips and rolls down into it to potentially disturb the splinter cat. Or you plug this thing, but you take a while, and that's going to mean that it takes even longer for Lark and Felicity to find you. Or you do it quickly, and the price to pay it will come in a different form later on. (laughs) Now, if something rolls into it, it will just kind of fall down that little pit Mm -hmm. that was in there. So it, it won't, like you know, bonk the cat on the head or anything like that. It might hear it. But... Yeah, it'll probably, like, wake it up if it fell back asleep. So what Hugo's going to do is worse anyway, so... So which option are you going to take? Are we taking that last one because it's the most interesting? The last one is the most interesting. The first the first one is the safest. <laughs> oh, but yeah. the last one is so damn interesting. I'm fine with the last one. Okay, so you are taking price to pay, huh? Yep. Why Fantastic. not? Fantastic. All right. Because story. It like goes smoothly, but like an air of unease just completely settles around everyone. And Wicker's like, what the fuck is It's a little going- too easy to do. It goes well. You you block the entrance and price to pay. Something weird's going to happen. You guys don't know that, though. You block the entrance. So now, Hugo, you can send up a flare if you want. One nice, loud electrical explosion in the air because that's what we do here. Okay. Roll to use magic. Do, 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 do. Signal incoming. Be ready. Over. Do, 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 do. Where, where did the thing go? That's the wrong thing. That's the wrong thing. That's the right thing. Any minute now. <laughs> oh. Oh my okay. god. <laughs> What'd you get? A 15. Wow. Okay, yeah. No glitch. Nothing. Do you get a bonus for doing something cool with magic? Uh, Not anymore. Okay. It's just a sign in the air that says, we are here with an arrow pointing down exactly at us. <laughs> oh, there's a signal. Hugo, you raise one of your sticks into the air, you ground yourself with the other one, and full-on channel lightning down through you, or rather up, because lightning actually technically goes up. Beautiful sunny day, lightning out of nowhere, <laughs> just shoots into the sky, creating a thunderclap, and seems to work fine. You're not harmed by the magic at all, despite its intensity, and you get over the radio. Okay, yeah, got that. We'll be over in a little bit. Hopefully that didn't mess up Damien. I'm sure he flew far enough away. <laughs> Speaking of Damien. Haha. You are flying back to the camp center to get rope, coffee, and some steaks. How are you going about this once you're there? Oh, once I'm there? The travel has happened. Oh, shoot. Because the meeting up was delayed by Felicity's hunches sending them in the wrong direction. So you're at the camp center. You're finding the things. What are you doing to do that? Can I look in the window to see if Morton is in the camp store? Uh, Morton is not, but you see uh, his wife Darla is, and she is just sitting at the visitor center counter reading a book. You can see Ruby is in like a little cushion thing on the ground next to her, just napping. Okay, we'll just go shopping, I guess. So Damien will look around, make sure there's no one there, goop into a generic white guy wearing his pea coat from Flint and walk into the shop. Darla says hello when you come in. Well, hi, welcome to Glacier Falls. What can I help you with today, sir? 
I'm looking for some tent stakes, some rope, the biggest and thickest you got, and some coffee for one of my friends, preferably in a cup isn't going to do. I'll need something in a bottle, like little cold brew. Well... Camping gear in the outdoors uh, little section over there and uh, vending machines are down that hallway. Excellent. Thank you very much. Sure, no problem. Damien will steal from the vending machines because that's easy enough to do, but he will go through the motions of paying for the rope and the camping supplies. Okay. You get the supplies. Up at the register, you notice Ruby is like sniffing at your feet. <laughs> Hi, pup. <laughs> the most strange interaction uh here's Damien reaches into his pocket and pulls out a stuffed animal here's a toy go and he like just tosses it away from him she goes and <laughs> picks it up starts chewing on it Darla says oh I, I can get that back she's fine she's being friendly I don't need to see that again oh okay uh well but thank you that's right generous of you uh i'll let her owners know that she got a present from a stranger uh your total comes to uh, uh 2815 excellent and here's my card all right and would you like to donate a dollar to the wildlife preservation fund yes i would <laughs> all right well thank you so much and uh pack that up for you she bags it hands it over to you Excellent. Thank you very much, and enjoy the rest of your day. You have a pleasant afternoon there. Perfect. Are you planning on going into the woods later today? No, I've got work till five, and then I'll be making dinner for uh, my husband. You know there's a limit on where we're letting people camp out there right now, so uh, don't go wandering off the, the deep trails anytime soon. Oh, of, of course not. Of course not. And then uh, Damien will cut the rope into tiny bits. He'll have to cut it in places because as much as I love his extra-dimensional pocket, I do like nerfing it such that I have to get things into smaller bits, so we will have to retie the rope into longer segments when we get there. <laughs> so you immediately go outside and cut the rope in half, all the way through in half, so you now have, like, ten pieces of three-foot rope. <laughs> you are useless! <laughs> you are brilliant. From across the forest, Whitaker just, like, shivers. <laughs> oh, God, Damien did something wrong. Yeah, a shiver goes down your spine, Whitaker. And it's not the high behind this time. <laughs> <laughs> we are all just getting the warm fuzzies a minute ago, and we didn't know why. And now those are gone. So, yeah, and then you just take off as a bird and head back? Yes, which should be made much easier now due to the light show. That's true. You also can see the, like... <laughs> strange lightning that shoots up uh, and you figure well that's our go-to so you bird up and head off the rest of you by the splinter cat burrow you hear some scraping after the lightning bolt goes off and there's the big crash but because you guys plugged up the entrance pretty well you don't immediately see it emerge from its den but you are on edge for a good 20, 30 minutes where it's just like you hear like scraping and clawing and occasionally like a It might be reburrowing. Maybe. You're not sure. You can't see it now because the entrance is blocked. That's a future problem. Hugo, you specifically, like what do you do after you send the lightning bolt up? 
sit down and spend the entire time just looking right at that entrance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because a choice was made. You just hear from behind you, it's mad now. Yep. It absolutely is. You're not going anywhere, though, right? We might need you for, for this. Need me? Why? I'm probably gonna run. We got another group out there who's trying to make peace with the aggro pelter, and they might need you to sort of represent yourself ar- around it when we um, engage in negotiations. Is that something you'd be willing to do if we've got both parties appeased? Talk to the aggro pelter? No, that's much too scary. Well, I mean, for what it's worth, the other group, group of four people just talked to the aggro pelter and came out completely unscathed. It, it can be done. And we'll be there with you. You'll be safe. Someone's going to have to roll manipulate. And it won't be Whitaker. I think it should be Whitaker. You're the one talking to it. It's, I, it, you know, you'd think logically it should yeah. be Whitaker. So go ahead. Roll me manipulate but, someone, um, Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> it's what, Mr. It's what I expect. don't talk to spirits and then starts talking to the spirits. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Obviously, it's established that Whitaker can hear the hide behind, but like this is the first spirit he's ever really talked to around us, right? Uh, he doesn't really like interact with and he can't see Windy. <laughs> Right. I mean, he was able to see some of the other like monsters and other spirits oh, that you've yeah. like seen and heard and stuff. It's mostly that he can't see them when they glamour themselves, whereas oh. you and Felicity and like Aiden and Damien can. Okay. This might be the first spirit um, he's talked to that he hasn't been shooting at. Wow. True. <laughs> so proud. <laughs> well, I mean, the Bogologs and those. That oh, group. okay. That's true. We were actually on good terms with the Bogologs. We've had some wholesome adventures. Anyway. <laughs> Um, Raven, would you like to help out? What'd you get? A six. Oh, that's not terrible. Okay, I can I can roll to help out. Or Hugo. I, I say Raven because she also spoke up, but if Hugo also wants to... Hugo is busy. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, you you keep an eye on the ground. All right, here we go. Oh, that's a five. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I've been rolling so well all night. I knew it was going to end at some point. Oh, but wait. Can you help out a help out? Can you help out a help out? You absolutely cannot. Dang it. <laughs> oh, Ridiculous. but how funny would that be? Especially considering you just said Hugo is busy. All right. If he hadn't said that, though, could he help out the help out? I feel like no. I feel like that's not how that works. <laughs> no, I believe it. It'd be too OP. Yeah. It'd be so much fun, though. It'd be really funny, but no. Mm Mm-hmm. A long chain of helping out, yeah. (laughs) Can no one succeed? Can no one succeed? (laughs) We call the others on the radio. Can you guys help out? Can you roll for us? Can you help out, please? All right. So you try to help Raven by, like, chiming in. And Whitaker, your argument is fairly sound. Like, we need you. If you stay here and speaking up, we'll, like, solve this. And uh, the hide behind just says, mm, Better if you figure something out. I'll make it worse if I stay. The aggro pelter will smell me and get more angry. Raven, roll plus sharp. I was going to say no, that I can do, but I don't want to jinx myself. Oh, apparently I can't do that. 
That's an 11. Did you catch what the high behind just said? If not, I will tell you because you rolled well in your sharp roll. Please repeat it because I was listening, but I did not catch the words exactly. The aggro pelter will smell me and get angry. Interesting. Raven, why would the aggro pelter smell the hide behind? It's not around here. Oh, no. You hear coming from far off in the distance the sounds of what you guess is the agropelter, and they're getting closer. Oh, boy. And you realize that a thunderclap sounds an awful lot like a tree being split in half and falling down. And there is your price to pay. This is an absolute <laughs> win, honestly. Oh, yeah, we can get our kaiju showdown now. Felicity, you and Team NPC, you probably also start to hear the, the crashing and the yelling because, again, you were thrown significantly off track in order to like meet up with your group quickly. So when Lark hears the smashing and the agropelters call, he just looks back at the rest of this team and is like, Oh, shit. Oh, that was a bad idea. Uh, we have to get to your friends quickly. Can you try again? Is there anything else you can do? Aiden? Y yeah? Can you teleport all of us? Uh, I haven't done that in a long time. Can you try? Uh, all right, yeah. Uh, everybody, take my hands. Okay. Oh, boy. You're going to make Aiden teleport a lot of people. This could go very badly. <laughs> One of whom is a giant forest dragon. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in the woods not knowing where you're going exactly, but doing things. Yep. It'll be fine. Here we go. If you lose Felicity in the woods, can't the dragon fly? Come on. <laughs> All right, here's the thing. Yes, the dragon can fly, but it's still, even though you like saw the flare and stuff, like that's not an instant like, oh, we just go right there. Like they are an hour or so out. They wouldn't be able to get there instantaneously. Whereas Aiden's teleport is, and she can go anywhere she's visited before or a person she knows well. When you carry one or two people with you, roll plus weird. Oh, it specifically says one or two people. I wonder if that means it's limited. Sorry, Jay. Aiden's got two hands. So who is coming with Aiden, Felicity? Me and Lark. Would Jay allow that? Jay can fly. He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. I don't think Jay knows that, and neither does Aiden. She hasn't used this power to transport like a team of people in a long time. You're gonna kidnap? Oh, this is great. <laughs> this is great. Doesn't Lark and Jay have something where they can find each other or is that they take damage? Hang on. Yes, they do. Yeah, we gave them that power. So if you do kidnap Lark, Jay will be able to find his way to him quickly. So Lark has the ability, I am theirs and they are mine from the Pararomantic playbook as one of his take a move from a different playbook than Chosen. Whenever you are in danger, your guide knows it. So they should be able to find each other, I think. Well, he'll be in danger real quick <laughs> as soon as they land. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, here we go. Aiden, come on. Come on, Aiden. That is a nine on the dice. Angel Wings uses her weird, which is two. That's an 11. So Aiden holds her hands out. Everyone puts a hand on her. Jay rests his tail on her shoulders and Tara hops off your hand, Felicity, and like pats Aiden's knuckle. 
All right, hang on. And the only three who actually do teleport are Felicity, Lark, and Aiden. And Tara is just like falling in the air like, ah, help me a big lizard. <laughs> She's falling <laughs> through the air. Now I want to see these two get along now. Holy shit. <laughs> so Jay's tail scoops Tara up before she hits the ground and kind of plops her on the back of her sparrow who also didn't get teleported. Where'd they go? I thought we were all going. Apparently, a friend is not as powerful as they thought. We will have to rejoin the Chosen One on our own way. Come, small one. You may ride with me. <laughs> and she has the sparrow land on uh, Jay's head. You're darn tootin'! Now let's go save our guy! Jay takes off into the woods. The rest of you, Aiden, Lark, and Felicity, appear in the field where you guys are keeping watch on the Splinter Cat's den. Aiden looks around blinking and is like, oh, I didn't bring everyone. Uh, she looks at Lark and he's just like, that's fine. Jay can find me. They'll get here soon. Raven, he like calls out to you because they don't know where you guys are. You're hiding behind trees. She pops out from behind a tree. Oh, hey, you're here. Hello. Where's the rest of you? Uh, we heard home. We heard that and we figured it was bad. So we came here quickly. What's going on? Watch your step, we think the splinter cat's reburrowing. <laughs> Fuck. Bursting from the den. Thank you for that A lovely cue, Whitaker. The splinter cat emerges, having dug up enough of its burrow to have space to charge at the blockage. And the debris you guys had plugged in there goes flying. Bits of stick and twig and branch go everywhere. And with a ferocious roar, it just eyes this field of potential meals. See, that's what's messing up your forest! You hear the hide behind some of you, probably not all of you, because it's very loud right now. I'll say it's Hugo. You're kind of just there still sitting against the tree. Oh, this is bad. And a log is tossed from beyond the tree line and comes careening. And this thing is like a 10 foot, two and a half foot wide tree trunk just comes sailing. Uh, I need everyone to act under pressure. Yikes. Mm -hmm. Everyone who's there, I should say. So Damien, you're fine. I don't like that face, Brittany. That's another five. One of my dice was just spinning and spinning, and I thought it was a one, and then it stopped, and it was a two. I was like, oh, great, the other one's a three. That still doesn't help. Whitaker and Hugo both did great. Can we pull her out of the way or something? Holy shit. How did you, you both do? Tens. Tens for both of us. Tens for both of you? I got a nine. Aiden also got a nine. Oh, I got a roll for Lark. Help me. Lark got a... Uh, well, he has a seven, so... Oh, I, there's the protect someone, isn't there? That's something. It's fitting that both of the Eugenias didn't quite... <laughs> didn't do so great? Yep. Everyone scatters, but this log is coming right at you, Raven. I'll give you a reaction to do something about this log coming to, like, crush you. Lark is panicked, and he just, like, looks over at you and is like, Raven, look out! Yeah, what do you do? I'm gonna do what every person in a Magical Girl anime does to stop time, and I'm gonna have a Magical Girl transformation and pull a card. <laughs> All right, yeah. Nice. My justification being that this entire time she has had her cards like ready to pull at any second in case of emergency. 
Yeah. And so normally they're kind of like in her pocket, but she's like had them ready. And when she sees this tree trunk coming at her, she's kind of like, oh God, please. Okay. So go ahead and roll to see how well the magic goes. And then we will roll to determine which card you actually end up pulling. Please be good to me. <laughs> That's a nine total. Okay. So it's not, a, you didn't roll a 10 plus, which means you don't get a major arcana card. So just roll a d4 to see which suit it is. That's a one. I think that is fire. Uh, and now roll a d10. That is also a one. Really? <laughs> yeah. Just doing great. Okay. Raven. Mm-hmm. This tree trunk is coming at you. Lark is like, Raven! Time is slowing down. You're pulling the card. As you draw it out and turn it, there's a little spark of flame, and you enter that space you sometimes do when you are communing with the spirit you're trying to communicate with. What you see in front of you is a small campfire burning on the ground, crackling, spitting occasionally, but pretty consistent, strong fire. And it lifts up and looks at you. And it's this sort of thin, slithering shape and then drops back down and slithers over to you and then looks up at you again. And it's a little salamander who is on fire. Magma colors all through its glistening skin. It's almost like, you know, if you like pour alcohol out and then set it on fire, it looks like nothing is burning, but the fire is coming off the liquid. That's what this salamander looks like. And it just looks at you and cocks its head back and forth. What do you do? Is it in front of me or did it come up? Like, am I holding it? It's right in front of you. You're sitting cross-legged in this space and it just comes up and like puts its two hands on your knee. Ah, she's going to hold her hand out to it in case it wants to climb into her hand. Okay. Do you say anything? She's going to say very softly, I really need your help. I'm in a very, very sticky situation right now. When I leave this place, I could get crushed. And I don't know what kind of help you can offer me, but I will take whatever you can give me to help me in this moment, and I will be very grateful. See the salamander nods, and rather than climb into your outstretched hand, it just leaps at you and pierces your palm and disappears into your hand. And you see on that arm, glyphs start to just swirl and ring around that hand. You hold your hand up in front of you, you extend it out to look at the tattoos as they are, or not the tattoos, but like these glowing bits of rune in the shape of a salamander's twisting form up your arm. And then the spirit realm that you're in parts and your hand is still in that outstretched position. And this gout of flame shoots out of your palm at the tree trunk, engulfs it, and incinerates it. Everyone else, you see that as Raven drew that card, it burst into flame, traveled up her arm in this swirling wreathing of fire, and then all of her became flaming. Her hair is fire, it's whipping in the wind. You pulled the root powers of fire, the salamander card, Raven. So you are just this flaming avatar of fire at the moment. Lark rolled to help you, but he only rolled a seven, so he exposed himself to trouble or danger. Oh. He was like running over to push you out of the way, but 
you don't need the help. You kind of are just like floating in the air from the heat of the fire surrounding you. Uh, so you're good. And he gets tackled by the splinter cat. Meanwhile, everyone else crashing through the trees is the aggro pelter. Felicity, you can hear. Twist it a bit! We now have all three beasts of the forests here. That is where we will end our session. <laughs> wow. Yeah, sounds about right. Oh my god. I didn't even realize what time it was. <laughs> it's that time. I was ready to go. We gotta stop. I Sorry, know. gang. <laughs> no, that's a really good place to stop. It is. In fact, uh, I'm just going to add a little postscript narration. Damien in bird form is flying away from the camp visitor center. The camera doesn't follow him. It pans down where there is a spilled soda container pouring out liquid onto the ground through the straw and the lid that popped off of it and then quickly pans up and we see the face of a horrified park ranger who saw Damien transform into a bird and fly away with their hands shaking. What the fuck? Well. Oh my God. <laughs> Damien! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>